Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. It is so great to have a family church. It is so great to belong, you know, and to know that this is where your roots are, this is where you belong, this is where you've planted, this is where you've sown, this is where you've sacrificed, this is where you've given, but this is also where the great harvest and the great rewards are. And I, I think there's, I think there's a, a wonderful reward in longevity. And, uh, and I would just encourage each and every one of you to stay the course. Keep running your race well in Jesus and, um, and you too can have Robbie and Greg sing for you. So, <laughs> so good, so blessed. Thank you so much. So, hey, I just want to bring this word to you and, and uh, like many times for me, you know, these words that I just happen to share in a room like this, uh, they've just come out of my lounge room. If I've, uh, you know, as I've sat with God, as I've opened up the Word, as I've prayed, as I've read Scripture and just looked to God on what it is that the Lord is perhaps saying to me first and foremost, and then, you know, whatever He says to me, um, then quite often it applies to us as a church. And I've, I've called this message today, Filled to the Brim. And uh, it was just the other morning that I was just in the lounge room at home and I, I began to read this passage of Scripture, the one that, that I want to share with you over the next few minutes of time. And again, the Holy Spirit began to breathe on some words and highlight some things to me. And, you know, as I think about this field to the brim, that's the title of the message, but it needs to be a lifetime pursuit. It needs to be a lifetime decision. It needs to be a, a lifetime way of doing life with Jesus that we would be people in every season, every stage, no matter what life looks like, that we would be people that are filled to the brim. And so that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Uh, I think it was mentioned last weekend. I think I can't remember, but you know, last week, nine days ago, we became the grandparents of. 10, grandparents of 10. And um, I'm still getting used to that. Grandparents of 10. I, I'm still kind of in a little bit of really did that, has that happened to us? We're way too young to be grandparents of 10, just way too young for that to happen. And so, you know, Byron and I are living in that place of denial, even if you don't agree with it, but that's where we're at. And so, you know, but the thing that you, the thing that you've got to just Tell yourself as you've been on the journey a while is to not settle back and not cool down and not get lukewarm and not settle back and say, well, I've had my time, I've done my bit, I've done this, I've done that, and now it's time for another generation. But I believe that every generation should be linked together so that the church is rising strong in the earth on every generation, no matter whether we're at this end of our life or in the middle of our life or at the early stages, arms need to be linked. Like the book of Nehemiah, they, they linked arms so to to speak, and they closed the, the wall, uh, the gaps in the wall, so that the wall could be built. Well, that's what it's like generationally. As we go generationally, and one generation links with another generation, and we celebrate the, that generation coming up, and then we watch another generation. And I was so blessed to stand on the front row tonight, not just with my daughter, but also with my little grandson that was just worshiping the Lord in his way. And I thought, here's grandmother 
mother and grandson, three generations linked as we worship the Lord together, as we take ground together, as we put a stamp on the ground and say, this ground is holy ground and this ground belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ and for the preaching of the Gospel. And so it's an important day that we're in, it's an important hour that we're in and it's, it's an important time for the church. And so I wanna take you into the Gospel of John chapter two, verses one through to seven. And I'll read it with you, if it'll go on the screen if you, if you don't have a Bible. But on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and His disciples had also been invited to the wedding. But when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to Him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. And nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to His servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. They filled them to the brim. And just a couple of mornings ago, as I was reading this Scripture, I felt the Lord say to me, be filled to the brim again. Don't let your this, this vessel, don't let this life be a half-baked, half-filled life with the purposes and the plans and the anointing of God, but may you be filled to the brim afresh. And it says here, so they filled them to the brim. So whether you're a mother in the room, a father in the, in the room, an older person, a younger person, a person who has just become a Christian or a person that's been around a, a fairly long time, no matter where we are, we need to be the church. And we need to be the church that is filled to the brim. And I'm gonna break that up for you in just a minute. But here it's an invitation. There is an invitation that was given for Jesus and the disciples to attend the wedding and that in itself is powerfully significant. You know, over 41 years ago, Brian and I were given an invitation. We were given an invitation to go to a Pentecostal church. And you know, that was quite significant in the time because for this Anglican girl, for this Church of England, you know, raised to some degree with, with Church of England um, background and culture, that kind of thing. To be invited to go to a Pentecostal church, my first response was, what is a Pentecostal church? What is that? What does that mean? And at this Pentecostal church, they were doing, I don't know what it was. It was, was it a concert? Was it a drama? Was it a play? I do not know. To this day, I still don't know what it was, but we were invited to come and to be a part of this service where this event was taking place. Now, the ones that gave us the invite, they were excited, we were nervous. They were excited and we were kind of, we don't know what this means, what to expect, and there was trepidation on our part, and yet in spite of that, we politely said yes. It wasn't that we wanted to say yes, but our friends had invited us and because we'd been invited, we politely said yes. Now these people, 
Their invitation had come like six months earlier. They'd been Christians now for six months. And over that last six months of their lives, they had been experiencing encounters with God. I didn't even know what an encounter with God was. When you say someone's encountered God, what exactly does that mean? I mean, for this Anglican girl, that was just, I, I have no understanding at all. But their six months journey with God from the time that they were born again to the time now that they were giving us an invitation, their lives were filled to the brim. They were filled to the brim with the glory of God. They were filled to the brim with the presence of God. And they were filled to the brim with one story after another and after another and another story. And then when they told those stories, by the time they saw us a week or two later, they were filled with more stories of what God had done, what He'd said, what He was doing and what they'd experienced in church. So they were people that were filled to the brim. So we accepted their invitation nervously. We accepted their invitation, not really wanting to be there. And we found the service different. For a start, the people on the platform were wearing robes. That was worrying. And so they were all dressed up in robes and the people down here weren't, but the people up here were. And the reason they they were in robes because they were doing a play or a drama of some sort, which I still don't know what exactly it was, but they were dressed up to deliver what they were delivering and we were awkwardly sitting in the service. And so yes, we had politely accepted, but we had also inwardly vowed that we will never return to this church again. (laughs) Never. Little did we know that only a short time after that invitation, that Byron and I would meet Jesus Christ in our living room at home in Alexandra Hills. Little did we know a little time past that, that we would be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Little did we know that a little way past that, that we would be baptised in water. Little did we know that a little time after that, Byron would be delivered from alcoholism. And a little time after that, little did we know that we would join that church and serve in that church to the best of our ability for the next 13 and a half years of our lives. So you don't know what's on the other side of an invitation. You don't know what will be set in motion When an invitation is given, even if the person says, I don't really want to, it's not my thing, I don't understand, that's for you, that's not for me, but I'll politely say yes because you've you've given an invitation, but you don't know what the Holy Spirit will do with that invitation. And so we served in that church for the next 13 and a half years of our lives. And you and I will never know what gets set in motion with an invitation. An invitation that would alter the course of our lives right up to this present hour. Jesus' mother is on the scene here. They're at the wedding in Cana and Jesus' mother is there. And you know these famous words, do whatever He tells you to do. Boy, our lives would be so much better if we just did that. If we just decided whatever He tells me to do, I will do it. 
no matter how big, no matter how small. Do whatever He tells you to do. And have you ever wondered why mothers say some of the things they say? I mean, really. You know, even as a mother, I scratch my head sometimes at some of the things I've said to my own kids, not even really knowing why you said what you did. Have you ever wondered why mothers at times say things when they do? Or you're coming in the door, where have you been? When they're going out the door, where are you going? You know what I mean? Byron's mother had the philosophy, you're either coming from trouble or going to trouble, so tell me now. But mothers at times just have this instinct. They just do. They have this intuition. Lydia, are you listening to this, honey? Mothers know stuff. They just know stuff. He's he's so gorgeous, he's nodding his head. Yes, I get it. (laughs) They just know things. And so Jesus' mother says these words, do whatever he tells you to do. You see, on the other side of the invitation is a yes. And on the other side of your yes, there is a word that God has for you. You sometimes we wait, I want this, I want that, I want this in place and that in place and this, and let's go with this, this and this, and then I'll follow you. But sometimes you've just got to say yes to the Lord, even if you don't know entirely what that means and where He's taking you and what He'll put into place. On the other side of your yes is a word that is set right on time for you. Jesus' mother said, do whatever He tells you to do. And on the other side of that, the Scripture tells us that there is something that is nearby that God has placed something within reach nearby, which has nothing to do with luck, coincidence, fate, or it just happened to happen. That there is something that is nearby. Because there is a progression, there is an invitation, there is a yes, there is a word that God has for you, and then there is something that is nearby. And in verse six, we find out what is nearby in this. It is the six stone water jars. The kind that the Jews used for their ceremonial washing that was holding 20 to 30 gallons of water. And for those that can do a quick conversion, you'll know what it is in litres. But six represents man. And these pots were nearby and they were nearby for purpose. So on the other side of your yes is that word that God has given you. And on the other side of that, there is something that is nearby within your reach, something that you can get your hands on that God is going to use for change and for transformation and to bring about not just change in your life privately, but also for others as well. What was about to happen at the wedding wasn't just for one, it was for many. And the transformation in your life isn't just so that you and I can enjoy the benefits of God and the blessings of God and the favour of God. It's so that we can be used to effect change and transformation by the Spirit of God in other people's lives as well. Nearby has a simple explanation to it. It simply means not far away. It's not far away. It's close by. 
And these jars were not far away. They were close by. They were within reach waiting to be filled. Waiting to be filled. Waiting to be filled so they could be poured out. And it might be just water today. It's just water. It's just water today, but at the appointed time, what is in those jars will be transformed from water into wine for the, for the nourishment of the people. You see, I think of highway like that. I think of highway that there was a day where it was just a thought, just a prayer, just a decision, just a first service. It was just water. But I thank God that over the years that God put something nearby and He began to fill up the pots and He turned the water into wine. And now Highway Church and the ministry that comes from here, whether we're giving our finances, our time, our talent, has been poured out, not just in our city, but it's been poured out in India as well. It's been poured out for transformation. You know that move of God that everyone talks about? What does that look like? But maybe you're the move of God. Maybe you and I are that move of God. That feeling of renewal, that knowing that I have recovered, that I have recovered from something, I have been renewed by something, that renewed strength and hope is in me again, that revelation, that answer, that breakthrough, that feeling that I am starting to get my old self back again. And I say that with great intention that there may be people in this room tonight that you have gone through things. You've gone through, through the valley. You've gone through the fire that we sang about. You've gone through the deep waters. You've gone through change and it's not always been easy. But I'm telling you, God is the God who changes things. He is the God who restores hope back to the hopeless. He is the one that heals the broken heart. And Wayne, we bless you and your household tonight as you are dealing with your loss and your family. But I thank God for a man and a family that knows Jesus Christ as Lord. And may the hope and the peace and the renewal strength of God be upon those in this room tonight because on the other side of your yes, we've been given something. You see, your yes causes you to carry a word. And the word that we carried when we began highway was a word of restoration. It's not the word we were given prior, it was the word we were given after. We were given an invitation that a church needs to be pioneered in this region. And so we said, yes. And then on the other side of our yes, we were given a word that we would be a church that would see restoration happen in people's lives. And so we began to walk that out and move in that and pray into that and prophesy into that and preach into that. And that word has been poured out time and time and time and time again. You see, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14 says, No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart so that you may obey it. Let's not get all mystical over that. You know, sometimes we complicate the things that God has spoken about. Let's not get all mystical. God gives a word so that it will get done, so that we can be part of that process so that it will be done. And that's what another translation says, so that it will happen. 
I, I mentioned to you, I think it was a couple of Sunday nights ago, I mentioned to you that I, I love the book, The Circle Maker. I really do. I, you know, I just do. Maybe it just fits, you know, with me, but I, I read it in 2015 for the first time. And somebody, I don't know whether someone handed me the book or whether I saw it in the Christian bookstore. I, I don't even remember how I got it, but somehow that book got into my hands. And I read it in 2015 from page to page, cover to cover. This first century uh, sage, this first century prophet that was the generation before Jesus. And uh, this man's name was Honey. He um, you know, there was a drought in Israel that was going to finish off that generation and affect the generation to come. Anyway, this man, Honey, got his staff, his big, big stick, drew a large circle and stood inside that circle and said, God, I will not move until rain falls on this land that breaks the drought for this generation and the generation to come. And you know, when I read those words, I was so impacted by them and it was just a book. It was just a book, that's all it was. And like most of the books that I've read over the years, I read them, I fold them up, I put them away in the cupboard and they sit there and you sometimes think I'll go back to that, but you never often do. It was just a book until, until the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And he began to speak to me and he said, I want you to draw a circle. I want you to draw a prayer circle around this person's life. And I want you to circle and keep on circling around this person's life. Now in that moment, it was just a book. It was just water. That's all it was. It was just water. But I began to obey the Word of the Lord. So whatever needed to happen would happen. And for about six or seven weeks, that's what I did. Every time I thought of this person, I just draw a prayer circle around about this life. And then I began to pray more specifically, like an arrow hitting a target. And I begin to pray the covering and the protection of God and the deliverance of the Lord and God, just the blood of Jesus over this life. Little did I know after about almost six and a half, seven weeks of doing that, that I'd get a phone call to say that this person was shut in behind a door with two terrorists on the other side of the door in Paris. And I was grateful in that moment, I'd heard and I'd obeyed. And I had gone from something that was just a book into something that was now turning into wine. It was now turning into a miracle. It was now turning into transformation. It was now turning into God moving. It was now turning into God doing what I could not do. And long story short, that person and others that were in that room for seven hours got out unharmed, completely unharmed. But I learned something about stay within the circle until God says, get out of it. Stay within the circle, draw a circle around some things. What is water today can be wine tomorrow. What is just a prayer today can be a miracle in someone's life tomorrow. What is water today could bring transformation to a city, to a nation, to an individual, to a son, to a daughter. What is just water today can be wine tomorrow. And I was so grateful to hear the outcome. 
I had something in my hands and God maybe in this service tonight has put something in your hands and it might be just water today. But as you travel with God and as you journey with Him and as you obediently do what He's told you to do with what's in your hands, you don't know what's in your hands and what it will become. So you might be living in verse two of the Gospel of John. Verse two is they received an invitation. They got an invitation to attend a wedding. But as I mentioned to you, you don't know what will be set emotion in your life just by an invitation, an invitation. Or you might be living in verse three of the Gospel of John that says that they were now at the wedding, they were in the room. And here's what I've discovered in the 40 years of me walking with God, you can be in a room but not filled to the brim. You can be in a room, but not really expecting God to move in any way, shape or form. You can be in the room because you've been invited. You said, yes, I said, yes. And now I'm sitting in the room, but there's nothing much happening. I'm sitting here half filled or maybe not filled at all. We can be in a room, but we come, we go. Of course, all this took place on the third day. The third day is always significant in Scripture, the third day. I mean, Jesus rose rose from the dead on the third day. He went to the cross, He went to the tomb and on the third day, He rose from the dead. And so on the third day, which is significant, they are here, they are at the wedding. There is a transformation that is about to happen. And while the demonstration might've been from water to wine, it is also such a demonstration that God changes lives that were once lost into those that are saved. He changes lives from those that have been absolutely bound by something and then they are set free. We are a people, as God began to speak to me, He said, Anne, no matter what age you're at right now, Make sure that you're a woman that is filled to the brim with a sense of expectation. Live in the moment of the resurrected Christ. Don't live at the tomb. Don't live in the process, but live under the power of a resurrected Christ. The name that is above every other name. We've been invited. We're in attendance. We've witnessed miracles. And here's what I know about this. We can hear about miracles, witness miracles, be part of a prayer team that witness miracles and still not be filled to the brim. Still not be filled to the brim. We've been in meetings where we've seen the power of God, seen people delivered, seen people set free, seen them healed, seen them saved. And you can be in the room, but yourself still not be filled to the brim. And Highway Church, I want us to get to verse 11. Because John chapter two, verse 11 is where the church must get to. Where believers in Jesus Christ, we must get to. And it says in verse 11, this the first of His miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. And He thus then revealed His glory and His disciples put their faith in Him.
Wait a minute. These disciples now put their faith in Him. What were they doing the rest of the time? What had they seen? What had they heard? What had they witnessed the rest of the time? But verse 11 is now they had faith. Now they were believing. Now they were starting to be filled to the brim. And I think the greatest church to be a part of is a church that lives in verse 11. That we're not just spectators, we're not just attendees, that we're not just people that have been going to church for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, but that we are disciples of Christ that are filled to the brim, filled with hope, filled with expectation, touched by the hand of God Himself, ready for a transformation in your own life so that our lives can be poured out poured out to a city, poured out to others that might need an encouraging word this week. You just don't know who you'll run across this week. And if you're not filled to the brim, you won't be ready for them. You won't be ready for them because you'll be caught up with wherever life is at for you. But when you are filled to the brim, you're just living ready and expectant and have a word that just may change somebody else's life. We've got to be verse 11 people, a verse 11 church. The Gospel of John chapter 2, verse 11. And it says, Now they believed and now they had faith. And to me, that is a church that is filled to the brim. What do you think? What do you think? Seriously. What do you think? I wonder if we could pray together. I wonder if we could just offer this prayer to the Lord and say, God, I thank You for the invitation. I thank You that I'm in attendance. I thank You, Lord, that You've put something close by, nearby. And there's something that you're about to put in my hands that's about to be poured out. But I wanna be a verse 11 Christian. You know, the Lord spoke to me along these lines just a few days ago and I personally am really challenged by this because I've been in lots of rooms and lots of meetings and seen lots of things over my time. But the Lord spoke to me and now I'm sharing it with you. And I wonder, could we pray? Father, we lift up our voice to You right now. We call upon Your mighty Name, Lord. And I ask, oh God, as every person is just offering a quiet prayer to You right now. Lord, in their situation, in their story, in their wherever life might be for them right now, Lord, irrespective, I pray that Highway Church and everybody that calls this their home church, Lord, whether they watch online, whether they attend Gilson, whether they come to the services here, I pray for every man, I pray for every woman, I pray for every child. I pray for every youth person, every university student. I pray for us all, oh God. I pray that we would be a church that, and I ask You, Lord, that You would fill us to the brim again 
that we would be people that believe, that we would be believers that believe, that we would be disciples that believe, that we would be disciples that carry a Word or God, something within our spirit that is ready to be filled and ready to be poured out. I pray, Lord, that we would be people that even this week, as we come across somebody, that our lives are so filled to the brim with the Word that You've given us, that we've got something that can be poured out somewhere else. Lord, transform us, I pray. You are the God who changes things and I'm asking You, Lord, that You would bring about the changes in their lives. You know their stories, You know their marriages, You know their families, You know their careers, You know their employment situation, You know it all. And Lord, I ask You that this week, that a transformation will take place, that what is water today will become wine this week. Lord, I pray, oh God, for those relationship breakdowns. And it's felt like water, a few drops in a jar somewhere, but God, I pray that a transformation will take place, that a restoration, a reconciliation will take place. And what has been water, oh God, like a dry jar in that relationship story, Lord, would become like wine, that a transformation has taken place, that a healing has occurred. Lord, I pray for those places of the heart that have been damaged and wounded, jaded and traumatised. Oh God, it feels like water when you're going through that. It feels like water running through your fingers and you've got nothing left. For God, I pray in this service tonight, I pray over that person, those people, that again, oh Lord, that they would come become a vessel that says, God, fill me again and I will carry the fresh wine of Your Word to my generation. In the Name of Jesus, Amen. 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 Our time is gone. Who's coming next? Thank you, Georgia. God bless you, church. Have a great night.